Welcome to the Canadian Blind Hockey Podcast. Hello everyone, and welcome to episode 3 of season 2 of the Canadian Blind Hockey Podcast. I'm your host, Nico Cardarelli. We really enjoyed catching up with Kiefer Jones in episode 2, and we hope you all enjoyed watching it as well and hearing about his passion for blind golf. Personally, I can't wait for the day where Kiefer and I can hit the links together. But here in episode 3, we're going to travel back to the East Coast and catch up with Oliver Pye from the Nova Scotia Sea Kings. In addition to playing blind hockey, Oliver also excelled with the Canadian National Goalball Team. The Canadian Blind Hockey Podcast is part of our Blind Hockey at Home programming. And we're always looking for new and exciting ways to keep the community active during this time when we can't be on the ice together. If you have ideas for some blind hockey virtual programs that you would like us to explore, please send them our way at info at blindicehockey.com. And hey, don't forget to check us out across our social media platforms. And now you can download the Canadian Blind Hockey Podcast on Apple Music, Spotify, and Google Play. We are now excited to be joined by Oliver Pye from the Nova Scotia Sea Kings. Welcome to the show, Oliver. Uh, Thank you for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure, and uh, I'm pretty excited to chat with you because it's a fellow goalie I'm chatting with today, and as keepers of the crease, I know we share something special. Maybe we're both a little nutty. Maybe it's just the love of the sport, but I'm always excited to sit down and chat with a fellow goalie. Oh, same here. Uh, Now, I want to ask you to start things off. How old are you currently, and when did you first start playing hockey? Um, I'm uh, 49 right now, and I put on uh, the skates when I was eight years old. Wow. So did you first start playing as a goalie, or, or were you a skater to begin your career? Yeah, I was a skater. I w- used to play uh, defense, and I found that I was really good at blocking shots, all that sort of thing. And uh, oddly enough, I had a, a pretty wicked uh, slap shot, too. So um, that as the years went on, I just transitioned into uh, playing the net. So Oliver, you mentioned that you started to play as a defenseman and actually it's funny myself as a defenseman, I love blocking shots as well. So I think again, we share that similarity of the natural progression. If we're going to block shots, why not have a little more padding to do so? So I'm curious, when did you first put on the pads and become a goaltender? Uh, Probably when I was about 15. Awesome. And uh, what was that transition like for you going from defense to a goalie? I I liked it, actually. Um, Just, uh, you know, just getting familiar with the net, coming out, cutting off angles, all that kind of thing, and uh, making a big save, too. You know, it uh, felt really good that, uh, you know, we are the last line of defense. So um, it was uh, pretty fun. Awesome stuff. Now, uh, I'm, I guess I'm curious, you grew up playing sighted hockey. So at what point did you start to lose your vision? And when you first heard about blind hockey, what were your initial thoughts? Um, 
I uh, first started losing my vision um, kind of like in my later teens, I noticed some differences, uh, just kind of some visual, um, it was kind of like it, when I was playing on the ice, I could see the shooter uh, shoot the puck, I'd lose it halfway when it come to me, and then I would pick it up again and either making more like a desperation save, mm. that kind of thing. Um, uh, for the second part, uh, the blind hockey, uh, I heard about it, I guess, about 2013 when Matt was doing the uh, Courage Canada, uh, you know, the just to show everybody what it is and all that kind of thing. So, and I first started uh, 2017 in the fall, uh, and it was just more so like an experience to get back on the ice and move around a bit. And yes, I felt like Bambi out there for the first time, uh, a little shaky in the legs until uh, the muscle memory comes back and you get more control. Uh, I felt really comfortable getting in the net again too. You know, that's an interesting point because I'm pretty sure you're the only goaltender in Canadian blind hockey that actually grew up playing sighted hockey as a goalie as well. And one of the things when I first watched you play, it really stood out to me was, wow, this guy totally gets what goaltending should look like. Your stance, your ability to stay up longer as opposed to dropping into the butterfly so quickly. How do you think maybe your time as a sighted goaltender has served you to the benefit now that you're a goaltender in blind hockey? It's uh, helped me out quite a bit to understand, uh, you know, the positioning in the net that you need, um, you know, because there are some pretty quick plays and you have to move pretty quick to get from uh, post to post or come out and cut off an angle, all that kind of thing. And I think it's a, a lot of uh, muscle memory uh, that just came back to me as uh, uh, in that transition. Um, also, I feel like the uh, coach that we have here, um, he cited and he can pick out uh, my little flaws and, you know, going down too early, leaving this open, leaving that open, that kind of thing. So he's really good that way of pointing a lot of those uh, things uh, out to me so that I can be more uh, upright, tall in the torso when I get into a butterfly, if I have to go down and make a save. Or like you said, stand up and kind of wake the shooter out a little bit too. Yeah, and, and I think that uh, that's a huge advantage for goaltenders in blind hockey if you have that ability because so often we see our top players like Jason Newha or Kelly Serbu or even someone like Tim Kane from Team USA they have the ability to pick those corners. And if the goaltender is down too early, you're really giving them a lot of net to shoot at. But you seem yeah. to have this ability to kind of hold your ground and, and like you said, challenge the shooter. And I think that could revolutionize goaltending within the sport a little bit. So I, I really like the way that you play. And I do think that there probably is a, a direct connection there to your time as a sighted goaltender. But what I want to track back on a little bit is you mentioned when you were 15 or in your late teens and you started to lose your vision a bit. I'm curious, did you ever talk to your coaches at that time about, uh, you know, what you were going through and how you mentioned you would initially see the shot off the stick, but then lose it and have to track it for a desperation save. Did you ever kind of communicate that to any of your coaches? Uh, well, 
when I when I played, it was a lot of uh, pond hockey, rink hockey. It was organized, but uh, the coaches said, well, at that time, I come from a small country town, so uh, they needed somebody in the net. Nobody else wanted to do it, so I was uh, relying on my defense with communication a lot, too, which kind of uh, uh, still you know, transitioning into uh, blind hockey playing the net, uh, communication with your defense is really huge in this, uh, um, you know, blind hockey as well. Well, and I was just going to ask you that as well. So now that you've transitioned to blind hockey, and I, I suppose it's maybe a little bit easier for you to kind of follow the play and, and track the puck off the stick all the way to you, what's that been like in terms of finding the sport that you love but a more adapted version that makes it a little bit more conducive for you to play. It's been great. Um, you know, like I said, uh, you know, have really good coaches, uh, you know, the Canadian level plus uh, home here in Nova Scotia, uh, you know, being able to play the position, staying upright. I'm six, three. And when I go down in the butterfly, my shoulders are right at the, or above the crossbar. So mm -hmm. I have maybe a height advantage there. Mm -hmm. uh, but also, you know, like I said, coming out, playing angles, reading the puck. I find sometimes, I guess, uh, as a difficulty would be the shots that are, coming up really high uh, because you, reaction time, all that kind of thing to kind of get a good understanding of where the puck is going, that kind of thing. And trying to uh, fight through if there's a defense in front of you or a forward kind of, I guess, screening us, but actually screening us in a uh, audible, audible way kind of. So that's a really great point. And I don't know that anyone's really brought that up before in terms of, I guess, a noise screen. And like you said, an auditory screen. So what's that like for you tracking the puck? Because obviously the puck along the ice is quite loud and makes a significant amount of noise. But when it's flying through the air, it can be a little trickier to track, especially if you're fighting through a scrum in front of your net. So what's the challenge there been for you like? It's been a bit of a challenge, but uh, I, I don't panic when that kind of play happens. I just try to stay tall in my net and make sure uh, I take away, you know, a good portion of the net. So, uh, you know, the shooter is either going to shoot it into, a, a, you know, a defense or if it does get through, then hopefully my good positioning would be there to uh, make the save. Now, I got to ask you a little bit about your equipment because there are some great setups from our various goaltenders around the country, but I love your pads. I'm not sure if you're still using them, but you used to have a pair of the bright yellow Marc-Andre Fleury-esque pads, and I remember complimenting you about those one time, and, and maybe you – do you remember what you told me when I asked you about those? I, I'm not sure if I said they're pretty blinding or not, like when you look at them, but uh, maybe that was a thought in my head. Um, it, it's like, I, I didn't really care about the color, I guess, you know, but I did put those up on the shelf and I do have a, a new warrior uh, goalie pad set. 
Okay, interesting. Well, I can't wait to see you on the ice with the new pads, and hopefully we all get to be all together again for a Canadian blind hockey event once it's safe and we're able to do so. Um, but go ahead, yeah. Oliver. Oh, I was just going to say, I, I can't wait either. It's uh, been, you know, a long time now, a year. Um, here in Nova Scotia, we're, uh, we were allowed on the ice in November, then another shutdown because of COVID cases. And then uh, now that the numbers are lower again, we are back on the ice uh, kind of like mid-January until now. So it's been really good just to get out on the ice and uh, uh, my off-ice training is really coming through. I'm seeing a lot of my uh, training transition on the ice and my movements are more fluent and uh lateral movement all all of those it's starting to come uh, uh all together for me so i i can't wait to get out there and uh, play in a tournament yeah absolutely i think we all feel the same way and and since you mentioned it i i need to ask tell us a little bit more about the nova scotia sea kings maybe some of the coaches and the program there and how it's been such a welcoming program that's uh, been really, really phenomenal um, to have a lot of sighted coaches, volunteers come and, you know, meet a group and actually they're teaching hockey, like younger kids. I, it's phenomenal. I'm in uh, one portion of the ice. Uh, I have, uh, you know, sighted coaches shooting on me so they can pick me apart a little bit, you know, get, encourage me to, um, you know, like cover up spots, uh, uh, you know, with my body positioning and all that kind of thing. And it's really wonderful to see them coach young kids. It's phenomenal. Just unbelievable to see, uh, you, know, a, you know, a little kid to get his skates on, gear on. You know, I'm sitting in the locker room just with a big smile on my face to watch it all happen. Oh, that's pretty special stuff for, for sure. Uh, we're going to pivot away from blind hockey just for a moment because you also have competed in other para sports and specifically goalball. So uh, I guess how did you first get introduced to the sport of goalball? Uh, it was uh, probably uh, 96 or 7. Mm. Um, I was uh, attending a... Um, uh, college there for Braille and academic operating uh, program, just kind of like getting me used to Braille computers, all that sort of thing. And there's a couple of guys in that class that invited me out to uh, play it. And at first, you know, playing sighted sports, I must be honest, I thought this was going to be not a good thing for me because of the physical aspect of what I was used to. Mm. But once I got uh, to the practice, tried it for the first time um my very first time going down to block a goal ball i went down like a goaltender flipped off my foot up into the net and the coach immediately came over and said no 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 you have to lay down in this position <laughs> which is lying uh straight out hands uh it like, kind of like in a lateral motion so you're blocking the uh bottom of the net kind of thing Oh, that's pretty interesting as an introduction to the sport. Now, I also believe that you were a part of the Canadian goalball development team. So tell us a little bit about that experience and what it was like um, to train at such a high level. 
I was a, um, even more than that. I played for the national team. Uh, 2001, I won a gold medal at the Pan American Games in uh, Spartanboro, South Carolina. Wow. That was really amazing to get up on the podium, hear our national anthem being played while uh, the lady was putting this gold medal around my neck. It was phenomenal. I was with a, a great group, group of guys there at the uh, time, too. I was the rookie, so of course, uh, you know, <laughs> um, they, they let me get up on the podium first there to receive my medal. It was a special moment in my career for that and many other uh, accomplishments along the way. Um, uh, Two-time national uh, champion here. Um, also, uh, some... Uh, uh, international competition going down into the States and with our Nova Scotia team, we won uh, gold, uh, three gold medals back to back to back. Wow. So, that's an incredible accomplishment. Very, very Yeah, cool. it, It's been phenomenal. Um, so, you know, I'm curious, we've talked to other members of the blind hockey community that have participated and competed in various Paris sports. Why do you think it's important for kids, youth, who are blind or partially sighted to have the opportunity to, to, you know, participate and learn multiple parasports? Um, good question. Um, it, to me, I would think uh, just to have whatever's available to you, because if you don't like one sport, you can transition into another and uh, get a good feel of uh, what you might be good at. And, you know, whether you're a recreational player, you want the physical activity part of it to just get exercise, or if you are really good at something, then, uh, you know, good coaching and uh, good teammates uh, can give you, uh, you know, that competitive edge to train and uh, go as far as you can go with the sport. All right. Now, switching back to blind hockey specifically, I want to get your thoughts as a goaltender on the puck we're currently using. And if you had your say, would you make any changes or uh, improvements to the puck that we currently use? Uh, I think the one change that I think I would make would um, have a device in the puck that could be audible when the puck is in the air. So then you have a half a chance of like getting your body in front of it when the puck is high, uh, going like more into the upper part of the net, that kind of thing. I don't know if that's possible, but that would be really nice. I certainly will advocate on your behalf as a fellow goaltender. We will do what we can. I know that there's been so many attempts to uh, develop a new puck and improve puck. And it's great to have, you know, people smarter than you and I working on that around the clock. And hopefully one day we can make that adaptation to the current puck. Um, now, you've attended a number of various Canadian blind hockey events from regional tournaments to summer development camps right up to our national tournament. So mm -hmm. what is yeah. your impression of those events? Oh, wow. Uh, what can I say? Uh, nothing but uh, great things. Uh, well organized. Um, the one thing I noticed uh, right away was um, there is a level for everyone. No matter what level you're at, mm. it, it was there at the, uh, the nationals. 
like low vision and uh, youth and uh, you know, the open division and of course, like uh, the team Canada level, all of those are provided for blind hockey players and whatever level you're at, you, you know, uh, put in some good hard work and you can uh, make it to the next level that you're trying to achieve. All right. So before I get to my very last question, I want to have some fun with you. We've done it with all our guests so far this season. You folks at home know that sound. It's time for our rapid fire segment as we're here chatting with Oliver Pye from the Nova Scotia Sea Kings. So, Oliver, what jersey number do you wear? Um, I don't have a jersey number on my uh, Nova Scotia jersey, but I would like uh, number 31. I love it. Any particular reason why 31? Um, I like uh, Carey Price. Mm good technically sound goaltender in his time he's struggling right now but you know <laughs> what hey, goaltender doesn't at one point well and especially when the team in front of you is struggling you can only do so much so i, yes, I think that's exactly right i think that's a pretty good role model there uh all right what is your favorite pre-game meal uh pre-game meal um i would say uh oven baked uh, fish like uh, haddock or tilapia with uh, rice and a vegetable of some sort. A good East Coast boy. Of course, he's going to pick fish. I love that answer. Uh, what is your favorite cheat food? Steak. <laughs> <laughs> no, no kidding. Uh, I love barbecuing and uh, I can uh, uh, barbecue uh, a good steak. Love it. As a man who also likes to barbecue, I definitely give a thumbs up to that answer. Uh, okay, who is your favorite hockey team? Favorite hockey team? Uh, well, right now it's um, Montreal. Oddly enough, years ago, I used to like the uh, New York Islanders. Really? With, uh, Tell me why. Uh, Billy Smith and, <laughs> and <laughs> crazy goaltender for sure. And uh, I, I used to like uh, Mike Bossy too. Mm. Two good, pretty, good, uh, uh, yeah, two good hockey players player. for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, what is the or who has been the toughest shooter for you to stop in blind hockey? Uh, so far, um, in all the events that I've played in, uh, probably Kelly, Kelly Savu, uh, when we have you know just did a, like a, a, a promo kind of thing um i think i was at uh the development camp and uh there's jason and kelly uh doing a one-on-one -on -one and i was selected to be the goaltender to try and stop that <laughs> so are, are you just talking about like the open division that i played in no I, I mean i think that makes sense those are probably two of the best blind hockey players in the world so it, it would sort oh, yeah. of make sense that they've been the toughest ones you've faced so far uh, okay, and to wrap up our rapid fire segment, when you're not strapping on the pads and playing some hockey at the rink, what do you like to do most in your downtime to relax? Uh, in the downtime, I like to um, read books there to my, uh, my kids. Awesome. And let's give yeah. a shout out to your kids because I know that you're a great dad and you've got a, a loving, supportive family. Give a quick shout out to your family there. 
Uh, I would like to uh, say thank you to Heather, my biggest supporter, uh, when I go on these tournaments and trips and things like that. She's home taking, uh, you know, good care of the kids. And uh, I'd like to say thank you and uh, hello to Ian, Liam, Nathan and Emma. Awesome stuff. All right, Oliver, you've been a fantastic guest. Before we let you go, uh, I'm curious, where are your ultimate aspirations? What are your hopes and goals within the sport of blind hockey? Uh, I would like to uh, someday uh, have a decent uh, shot at trying to uh, make the uh, national team as uh, one of the goaltenders there, for sure. I mean, when you... uh, play a sport you want to go as far as you can go yeah that's a really nice goal and i think if you continue to train hard the way you are and dedicate yourself on and off the ice the way you have been these last few years i think that's definitely an achievable goal for you uh very lastly to wrap things up if someone who is partially sighted or blind they're at home they're maybe learning about the sport for the first time maybe they were a sighted goalie but have recently lost their vision and are thinking about getting involved in blind hockey what advice would you have for them um i would say just getting involved in and trying it and see where it goes uh, uh like i said before um just because uh, you know you're visually impaired or blind doesn't mean that uh you can't play a sport and hockey it's a great sport you know if uh, you can learn to skate you get the gear on uh you know you start learning a position anything can happen well oliver you've been an amazing guest and we appreciate you sharing your story and your journey with us and and like we said you know we can't wait to get back on the ice once we're able to do so and and when we can all get together for nationals you and i are definitely going to have a little bit of a head-to-head on the ice. Maybe I'll go blindfolded and we'll see who can stop more breakaways or if you can give me any tips for my game because I know my lateral movement is not nearly as smooth as yours. So I look forward (laughs) to being on the ice together. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Oliver Pye from the Nova Scotia Sea Kings, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Nico. Thank you for having me. Well, we want to thank you all for tuning in. And once again, a big thanks to Oliver Pye from the Nova Scotia Sea Kings for joining us on today's show. Make sure you follow Canadian Blind Hockey across our social media channels and send us your emails to info at blindicehockey.com with your suggestions as we love to hear from our community. The next episode of the Canadian Blind Hockey Podcast drops on March 25th, so stay tuned and stay safe. Canadian Blind Hockey programs are brought to you by our presenting partner, AMI, our national program partner, CNIB Foundation, and national partners, Daniel Family Foundation, Electra Health, and Mannion. The Canadian Blind Hockey Podcast is produced by Parasport TV.